My name is Patch, and with me, as always, is Rich. Rich, how are you? Uh, not bad, Patch. Not bad. A bit of sniffy, but nothing to write him about. Yeah. Okay. Even though it's like the hottest day of the year. But, um... Yeah, a good twenty-four degrees outside. So um, yeah, we'll, get, we'll take that. I'm just wearing a jacket. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, Rich, Euros have started. Are you enjoying it thus far? First rounds over. Watched the first few games. I was going. I was going to try and watch every game. Got to obviously watched Sunday's game. I had a horrendous hangover on Monday, so I missed all those games. Played football last night, missed those games. So, yeah, I need to get back into it. But, yeah, I watched so far so good. It's well, well organised. It's working across the Europe, isn't it? It's all work. I thought it'd be a bit... No, I, I always quite like it when it's in one country, but it seems yeah. It's still got that tournament feel, and, and I'll be honest, watching the England game against Croatia, I, I actually forgot it was at Wembley at, at some points because I had that sort of mindset of it being, you know, somewhere somewhere different. The thing is, Croatia as well, Luke, Lucas Modric was saying we got an unfair advantage, but, but we're not the only country to have all our home games at our home ground, are we? I don't know about that, but I mean, uh, other areas have got, you know, have got their games, like Scotland, obviously, we're um, up at, up at um, is it Hamden they play? Yeah, but yeah, no, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. But uh, as you say, I am I'm enjoying it. Um, great start from England. We we actually did a podcast, a bonus show. If you want to have a listen to that and a review of that game, then please do. But um, we've actually got a guest with us today. And back on May the twenty first, uh, myself and Rich and a number of other people connected to the show were involved in a charity event at Ashton Gate in Bristol, and uh, it was tour life versus nexus so nexus are our sponsors of the bonus show um and it's a charity match that uh, that i got involved with through nexus and helped the guys organize but we only started organizing it about two weeks before the actual event so that is something that uh, was a big undertaking and uh, yeah lots of lots of whatsapp messages phone calls voice memos to get that going and you know the kits arrived about an hour before kickoff so that was uh, an interesting one but um yeah met harry harry parslow um from tour life through that and through working with Paul Archer from the Nexus Group. So uh, he's actually on the line today. Harry, how are you, sir? Patch, thank you very much for having me on. Um, big fan of everything that you do. And that that day, that match day, wouldn't have been possible without all your help. So thank you very much. Oh, bless you, bless you. But it was a fantastic day. And, you know, we'll come on to what you do day in, day out, and organisation of events and things like that. That's uh, your, your bread and butter, I guess, isn't it? Do you know what? I'd like to think so. This last year has been, you know, detrimental to say the least, but actually it's taught us a lot. Um, I've, you know, I'm still young in business. I've been in business six years and I've learned more in the last probably 12 months than ever before. So it's, um, it's been an eye opener. Absolutely. Well, it was a big success. And, uh, you know, I was amazed by by your efforts, by Paul's efforts and everyone who got involved. And I think all in all, we raised about three, three and a half thousand pounds for Children's Hospice Southwest on the 30th anniversary of, of them setting up. So uh, a fantastic effort all round. But Harry, I want to come go back to the, sort of the beginnings. And I know you're only about, what are you, 24 now? Just turned 24, Patch. 24 years young. Um, so... Let's go back to the very beginnings. Where where were you actually were born and raised? Do you know what? Born in Bristol. Um, I was moved to Western Supermare um, when I was about 11, 12 years old. Um, so, I, you know, I still call Bristol home, but Western is, you know, where I'm based from, where our, our offices are. 
Um, but to me, you know, Bristol, Bristol City, it's kind of like that's that's what I know and love. And um, my Saturdays are spent watching City, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we share that passion. Um, so let's talk about tour life, brand life. Which came first and how and why and what background have you had that got you into that? Do you know what? It all started um, between the Bristol O2 Academy and Colston Hall. Um, so when I was, a, you know, a, a young whippersnapper, um, 14 years old, I went to my first concert. Um, my first concerts were Motorhead at Colston Hall and Exhibit the Rapper at O2 Academy. Um as a, as, a, as a young boy, I wanted to be a lawyer, but when I went to, you know, get my first field for, for concerts and live events, something just kind of hooked me in. Um, and, you know, seeing the tour buses pull up outside the venue, seeing the music artists walk on stage, I knew that, to be honest, for me, uh, wanting to study law, that was out of the question. I wanted to go into live events and music concerts and work with artists. So that's where the love started at 14. And then from then, I literally put everything into hopefully working with music artists. So I started going to, you know, the Thecla boat, trying to get interviews with music artists in Bristol, going to venues in Bristol like the Fleece. And I would just go with a camera and hopefully try and get, you know, an interview with a music artist. And I quickly found out, you know, I don't want to be on the press side because music artists actually, they, um, they're quite closed books when you're, you're pressed. They, they get asked the same questions every day. And I knew pretty shortly I wanted to work directly with them. And that was really the start of tour life. So in terms of education wise, you know, for someone who wants to get into a similar game or is more interested in, um, in, in what, what does it take education wise? Did you go to college, university? How did you set yourself up for that? Patch, you know what? So I went to, um, from school, I, I picked media for my last couple of years, media and film, because I wanted to kind of, you know, get into doing the camera operate inside and do that side. I did college media for two years and actually enrolled uh, with Bath Spa to do um, uh, media and film or traveling tourism. I wasn't quite sure how to get into touring, um, but I actually did university for just one week and I dropped out. Right. Um, and for me, I quickly realized that the, the right route for me, although university was a, a great platform, I didn't think that I was going to get the experience necessary. I think it's something where you need to get the real world experience of going out in the industry, whether you're getting paid nothing or, you know, getting your, your costs covered. That's what it took really to get your foot in the door of music. It's not really something that you can study and then just go straight into a job, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I completely see that. And it's some it, learning on the job is is often, you know, university of life as it's, as it's known. Um, so, which so you've got two brands you've got tour life and brand life which which yeah. one actually came first and how did you go about setting it up who was your first sort of client if you like so tour life was set up from probably being 17 years old 16 17 years old it was it wasn't a real company at the time but it was kind of the thing I put all my effort into I was working at a supermarket part-time just on the tills um just to fund it and then when it was coming come to the actual music work I would do that either for free or cost covered so it went quite a couple of years without getting any real payment from music artists I'd be offering my services at next to nothing just to get my foot in the door because in the music industry so many people want your job 
exactly. So and I, guess, I guess you need you need that that break, don't you? You need that name, and and it's like when when you're going for a job and you haven't got the experience to get that job. Well, how are you ever going to get it if you don't get that job? So it's just, I guess it was similar for you. You needed that sort of first person to show show some trust and faith in you, so that you could start to build your you know your portfolio of of people that you work with, and then you get that rep that that that's um you know that rap. Completely agree. And for me, it was gradually working my way up. And my first concert, like I told you, was at the O2 Academy, Bristol. Um, my first rap concert was the rapper Exhibit, who, you know, some of your listeners may know for, from Pimp My Ride, um, lots of TV shows, films, things like that. And for me, I knew that that was the artist I wanted to work with. That was my big goal. That was the kind of, you know, that's when you're a kid, when you want to play for Bristol City. That's the big goal for you. And hopefully that will work. And when I got my student loan, I actually booked flights to LA and I had no contacts in the music industry. I did a few interviews with music artists and I thought, you know what, book this, use your student loan for it. My parents were, were livid. They wanted me to, to get my driving lessons out of the way. And they said, Harry, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> um, Rocking up at Exhibit's door. Excuse me, do you mind if you, yeah. um, if I do a bit of work with you? Actually, it wasn't far from that. I, <laughs> I emailed every contact that I thought would know Exhibit from um, producers that have made music with him to the studio, to the radio station that he records at. And I got one email back. Hi, Harry, great to hear from you. Exhibit might not be in the country when you come out. However, I'd love to give you a tour of the studio. And that for me was enough. I went out there. I wasn't even given the address until I landed. And then I got an Uber from, from, um, from the airport. And I turned up, knocked on the door and somehow exhibit was sat there in his recording studio waiting there to meet me and it was a a massive eye-opener and if it wasn't for being young and not really having anything to lose I don't think I'd do it I think that you know I'm very fortunate that I was young and dumb that I did it I think as you get older you've got you know more to lose you've got a mortgage you've got things ambitions yeah yeah and I think that was one of the things where I was very fortunate, where I kind of give it a go that if I lost it, I, I didn't really lose anything. That is incredible. Okay. And uh, how did, you know, how, tell us like the high level conversation of how that went. How did he, um, how did you win him round? How did he put his trust in his, his tour, I guess, in, in someone with, with no yeah. real experience at that point? Do you know what? I told him that I went to, my first show was him. And I knew I wanted to go into music. I've, I've worked for the last couple of years doing interviews, filming, anything I could to ingrain myself and learn the industry. You know, I don't expect anything from you. Just the fact that you've met me means the world. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, and I had a chat about, you know, what I think tour life could be. At the start, we started by doing video for music artists. But I quickly realized that when a music artist goes out on tour, instead of kind of you'd think that there's one main company. They actually use one company to print the merchandise that they sell to the fans. They use one company to drive them there. They use one company to ship things over. And I thought, you know what? My big idea was that let's do it from one place and let's make less money per service. But if they've got one point of contact, they can come to us and get that done. And he, do you know what? I think he was, he was very open to the idea that a young kid, it helped that I was from England, I think, that I wasn't from on his doorstep and I've made the trip over there. Mm-hmm. And he went, you know what? I like, your, I like the fact that you've, you've said this to me and you've you know, given it some risk. And he said to me, do you know what? Stay here. You can watch the basketball with my friends. And on Friday, I'll take you fishing with some of my friends. 
And it was it was nothing like you know I've got to pinch myself now because coming back to Western Supermare after that happening, guys, I'll tell you what it's. It, it brings you back down to earth because one minute you're there fishing with Exhibit, your favourite rapper, think of your favourite music artist and then going fishing with. The only thing I caught was the sun. And um, coming back to Western with your mates and you're thinking, what just happened? Because you did it back here. Well, yeah. Yeah. Rich, Rich, have you ever heard a story like that before? Not really, just literally taken a risk, gone out and turned up on someone's doorstep and everything just fell into place and you've obviously talked the talk to him. You didn't just like tongue-tied and kind of just yeah. in awe. You kind of gave him the idea of what you wanted to do. You obviously loved it and the rest of it's history, isn't it? That's I, was just, given, I, I was given an opportunity and do you know what? It, life could be very different without that. And I think that's one thing you don't realise that all these tiny little things that you do can really make a, you know, a big a big impact on the bigger picture. And, you know, I'm very fortunate that it did fall into place like that. But it is, you didn't, you didn't wait for it to fall in your lap. You kind of got up and, like you said, off your ass, you risked something, you, you did it and you made it happen, really. So, yeah, fantastic amazing. story. Um, so how did that first tour go? How did, Was it yeah, so, uh, plain sailing or I'm sure there were some bumps it, in the road? Do you know what, Patch? Three months after, I didn't get offered to work with him until three months later. I got a call out of the blue from his uncle. And he said, Harry, Exhibit liked you. Can you let us know how much it would be to go out on tour with Exhibit, not to do the video, but to sell the merchandise, sell the T-shirts? And I thought, and I'll be honest with you guys, I would have, I would have paid to be on that tour. So I, I, I literally was like, excuse me, guys, would it be okay if you just paid me £50 per day? Um, and, I, and I can't remember what it was in the end, but I think altogether it was in the, you know, it was in the hundreds of pounds for a month of work. Right. Um, it was like seven, eight hundred pounds, which was still at the time. It was like I'm getting paid and I'm going on tour with my favorite artist. It was like yeah. the best thing ever. Um, do you know what? It wasn't easy. Like I, I thought this was going to be the best thing ever, and it was. And I was in awe of it. I was on a tour bus. I got picked up at a service station. Um, I think it might have been Gloucester Services. I got picked up from. Went to France to meet the to meet the um, the guys that were there, um, and everything went really well. There was one day where actually I was. Um, we didn't eat all day. We were loading into the venue, getting all the T-shirts ready. And I was having lunch, uh, sorry, I was having dinner with the act, with Exhibit and his, his crew. And I didn't realise that doors opened at six, not seven, I think it was. And I was there at 6.15, eating away. Right. And Exhibit looked over to me, my favourite artist, and went, when do doors open? And I was like, I think it's at seven. He went, what do you mean you think? And I'm literally dying. I'm sure it is. And the tour manager, Nestor, he tries to back me up and says, no, no, Harry, I think you're right. And he's like, no, don't think. No, you're right. And he, I got a grilling for my favourite art. And there's feeling like you're on top of the, the, the world and then there's feeling like you're nothing. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. And I stopped quickly eating and I went downstairs and I sold as much merchandise as I could physically sell, whether people wanted to buy it or not. And you know what? That was an eye-opener. It didn't matter who who it was, like, you need to, like, he wasn't afraid to tell me to my face, even though I was this young kid trying, he wasn't afraid to say, look, you need to do your job. And he's a businessman. Yeah. And I think that was an eye-opener for me. And that's how I try and conduct myself in business every day that, you know, I've, I've made mistakes of being too friendly with people and being friends. And I was that's, gonna say, that's, probably the, that's probably the best thing you could have done, wasn't it? If you went a bit soft on you, you might have kind of got a bit complacent kind of thing. But Completely. And I've, I've made that mistake myself from, you know, 
staff in the past I've been too friendly with, I've got on with people too well, and you need to do it. I thought at the start, but then that can be mistaken for weakness. And you know what? That story sticks with me and I need to realise that it doesn't matter who you are. If you, if you can't show up, you, you need to. Well, looking on your website here, tour-life.com, um, there's a quote from Exhibit saying, it's extremely rare to meet people who have the same passion for this path as you do. Tour Life has have always gone above and beyond. They've always been professional. These guys are onto something. So what what a great you know quote to come from your favorite artist. Yeah, it's a, it's a pinch me moment and I'm still kind of, still getting over it. You know, it's my, it's the biggest thing that I've done so far. I'm still looking for that thing of that next step because for me, that was always a goal which was far-fetched and I didn't think it was possible. And I was very, very fortunate to complete it early on. And now I'm kind of looking for that, where can I take this next? And, and you know, that's still true. You know, we've, we launched Brand Life during a pandemic, which for me, my focus was on music. You know, music is what I love in live events. However, when an industry gets shut down, you need to move quickly to, to make sure that you can meet the bills. Yeah, you've got to diversify, haven't you? You, you know, it's... Um... It's some, so let's, let's, before we come on to brand life, um, just looking through your clients that have, you've worked with on tour life. Um, so Annie Mac is another sort of headline headline act. Um, how did that come about and what sort of things have you done for Annie Mac? Do you know what? My first ever project with Annie Mac, I reached out to her, um, her team via email and I said, hi, I'm Harry. Um, I've worked in the industry for about two or three years doing videos. I linked them to the videos and I said, I'd love to work with Annie. I listen to her on the radio every Friday night. Um, if there's anything that's possible that I could do, I'd love to do it and even offer, you know, a free day. Yeah. And I got an email back a few weeks back saying, Harry, we've got a very small grassroots tour where Annie's revisiting some of the clubs that she played when she was coming up in the industry. Would you like to film some of those? And that, that included, um, I think it was, I can't remember the small club in Bath, Moles. Okay. And that was in, in Bath. And I filmed a few of the shows with her, went out on the road, and she was one of the nicest people and most professional people I've ever worked with. And um, that was one of my first taste of, you know, working with a radio DJ, and that opened the door to Danny Howard, uh, Charlie Sloth. And it's, you know, it is about who you know, and instead of what you know, and I don't mean that in the way of, you know, you need to know contacts, but you need to try and make that initial first steps because no one's going to come to you uh, yeah. when you start out. Absolutely. Yeah. Big fan of Danny Howard, the, his um, podcast, Nothing Else Matters. When it's when the sun's shining, you stick that on and it makes you feel like you're actually in Ibiza. Nothing better. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I went to Croatia with Danny and um, we did Defected um, uh, Festival with Danny Howard about a year, maybe six. I can't remember how many months before COVID it was, but that was one of the, the last big festivals that I did before COVID hit. And do you know what? I took that for granted because looking back now, what a festival. And at the time you kind of think, oh, look, I've always got another one to go to. Yeah. And um, that was one of the most memorable ones that I did. Oh, amazing. Um, okay. So yeah, we've, we've done a series of podcasts lately with things that have come out of lockdown, positive things. So we had lockdown loaves on a, a, a lady who opened a bakery. We had Robbie Snowden on last week, who's released, released a song, you know, cause he had time to, to, to produce it during lockdown. And you're saying that brand life was actually formed during lockdown as well. So um, diversifying your portfolio and I guess it's developing people's brands. Is it, is it as simple as that? Do you know what, Patch? So we've always done, 
um, behind the curtain, we've worked with companies and brands doing their video and filming, but we've never needed to advertise it because of the fact of we were so busy with concerts, live events, that if a company and client came through that needed a corporate video, we'd do it in just, you know, it was one of those things that we did. Um, and I'll, you know, I'm happy to give you an exclusive that, you know, no one else really knows about that we've not advertised. Um, I launched two companies during the pandemic. One was Brand Life, which caters to the corporate sector, uh, which is kind of working with, you know, recruitment companies like Nexus, building their brand and getting them in front of more people, whether that be their filming or social media. Mm. Um, and the other one was called Church Stream. So that when the actual pandemic hit, um, a couple of weeks before that I was seeing the news and seeing things were happening, I reached out to quite a few churches and cathedrals and said, look, um, it's looking like there may be a chance that people won't be able to go out and experience life as they would. Um, would you like to pre-record your services or look at live streaming? Because when the, the pandemic hit, the government uh, guidance said that churches were allowed um, a crew in to live stream and broadcast their services behind closed doors so that the people that couldn't come could still get their faith. Mm. You know, I'm not religious myself, but it was one of those things where as a business, you really need to try and do it all you can to keep going. You know, oh, yeah. some of my it's, best friends are it's in this massively business. important to a lot of people. It's the, you know, the, the highlight of their week, isn't it? Is, is going yeah. to church and then you take that away and everyone needed a bit of faith in the last 15, 16 months. But yeah, sorry, carry on. So no, 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 no. Actually, I completely agree. And it was one of those things where as a business, it really helped us keep going because, you know, there was no live concerts. There were no music events that we could do. The corporate sector was still very, very careful with the money they had because they didn't know how long this was going on for. And churches were also, you know, they wanted to connect with their communities. So we, we just had to pivot and had to be open to kind of get income from anywhere we could. I didn't want to lose any staff. You know, it was, it was going to happen and we did lose some members. But do you know what? If it wasn't for trying to pivot and trying to open um, the, the doors to other markets, we might not be here right now. And, you know, I feel for some of the other the music companies and live events, whether it be, you know, hospitality or catering, it's a real struggle right now. And I, and I really do think that we've been fortunate. We've worked very hard for it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, my thoughts are with those that have, have tried their best and they've just struggled through this. Yeah, it's something, you know, the church stream is something that will still be in place and could still be offered even when we get back to some sort of normality because you know some people are bedridden house ridden that still would like to enjoy that so is that something you're going to carry on definitely we're going to keep carry on at the moment we've got three percent of the market of cathedrals across the uk the goal is 15 percent uh, by the end of the year and even we've worked with some bristol churches and they've said they've had people as far as i think it was belarus africa that they tune in to their, their streams. And it's quite a nice thing because these, these people, they're so appreciative of the work you do that it really means something. And the music industry is a, a lovely industry to be in, but actually to be thanked for the work you do, to be paid on time and to feel like you're making a difference, it's a great feeling. Oh, wow, absolutely. So talking a bit more about brand life, um, your videos that you've done, the ones I've seen mainly, obviously, Nexus, because I'm involved with them too. Yeah. Um, absolutely fantastic. A, a mix of different types of camera, types of shots. Um, I don't know if you use drones as well. I'm yeah. sure you do. So, you know, it's those sorts of short, succinct vlogs that people see on Twitter now, and it really opens people's eyes. Is that something that you've, you've had a passion for and always had the sort of the latest 
technology to get the greatest shots? Sadly, Pat, we spend way too much on cameras, but it's necessary. It's one of those things where as a company, we always want to be kind of doing the best we can. Um, the team that I've got are fantastic. Um, at times a bit too nerdy and love the cameras because every time I, uh, it seems that every time we get in front with a project, they say, oh, look, look at this bit of kit we can buy. Um, but do you know what? I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. This last year has been harrowing, but at the same time it's been great because of the fact of it's opened us to clients on our doorstep. We've been used to traveling four hours away to do a video shoot or something with Tour Life when we've got clients now in Bristol, in Western. And you know what? It's We're very lucky to do what we do. There's a lot of companies in our sector, but we're very fortunate where we've built kind of a, a brand out there where people trust. They come to us with an idea. We don't take the mick with the budget. We try to deliver the best we can every time. And, you know, that's how we hopefully can, can grow this to be, a, you know, a much bigger company than it is. Absolutely. And you mentioned you're a Bristol City fan and I, I, I've seen uh, your your sponsorship down there. Are you a, currently a sponsor of some sort of Bristol City? So we've done um, some sleeve sponsors for FA Cups and things like that. Um, we've got a seat in a box next year. And the idea is to do LED sponsorship. You know, I'm not... Um, I'm not on the big bucks like Paul Archer just yet. You know, he's a, he's a titan in the business world. Um, and, you know, my, my goal one day to be on the front of the shirt, you know, for me, that is the, the goal to have a business that I'm involved in to be on the front of the shirt one day. Um, we've got some work to be done, you know, until that happens. But um, for, for now, I'll, I'll uh, cheer on from, from being a season ticket holder. That'd be amazing to have your have your company on the front of the shirt. Particularly, oh, you know, I'll I'll send some pictures of my office so you can see. But um, from doing the sleeve sponsorships, having them all framed in in the office is a great feeling anyway. But it just kind of spurs me on to hopefully one day, you know, be that front of the shirt instead of Mansion Bet. But you know, thank you to Mansion Bet for for supporting the club. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So what's coming up then, um, Harry? Assuming we we do get back to normal, people start touring again. People yeah. obviously want to build their brand coming out of lockdown. Have you got anything, um, you know, any names coming up you want to tell us about? Or is it just literally carrying on and, and, and pushing the boundaries? Do you know what? We're keeping going. The, the last government announcement was a knockback. But I was very naive last year. I thought that, you know, COVID would be over next month and the month after. And for the first time when this announcement came around, I it wasn't that I wasn't shocked, but I didn't plan for the, music, the, the return of music. And for me... My focus at the moment is bringing Tour Life back, but also focusing on the, the, the corporates and the brand clients that we have. Churches is, is you know, something that, that I really enjoy doing. But for me, I love working with the Bristol businesses, and that's something that I'm focused on right now. Yeah. So if people want to see some examples of your work, obviously you've got your websites. So I'm on the Tour Life website as we speak. So, so Tour Life is tourlife.co.uk, and brand life is brandlife.co.uk. If you're a, you know, you're a music artist, tourlife.co.uk is the place for you. And if you're a business looking to reach more customers, brandlife.co.uk is the, the way forward for you. And I'd love to chat, you know, whether it's a coffee with a Bristol business owner, whether it's a music artist looking to kind of get themselves out there. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking to meet more people in the Southwest and, you know, any excuse to go out for a coffee or a beer, I'll take it right now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's some examples of, of your work on there, I guess, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. You've got those coming through as well. So, um, yeah, fantastic. And it, you're, what a great story. Uh, 24 and, you know, the, the amount of your body of work so far. And obviously working with you on in that short two weeks, 
I can honestly say I was I was really impressed with um, you know how quickly you uh, you you managed to get things done. So I would I would recommend getting involved with Tour Life Brand Life. Um, before we let you go, we've got five minutes left. Um, we've got a Room of Doom segment that we always do on these podcasts, and uh, it's a bit of a takeoff of Room One Hundred and One. Um, so basically, we're looking for something that has uh, annoyed you recently. Um, uh, for example, one of the things that is always comes up quite often is merge in turn when oh. one lane of the ring road is shut about 400, 500 yards down and everyone gets in lane far too early and doesn't use the whole ring road, the whole lane. Um, so I just go down and I merge in with the rest of the traffic. But um, quite often there is a one person that will straddle both lanes to prevent such a thing. And uh, that happened to me the other day. And I let them know what I thought about it. So um, that's one thing. But my, my entry, first of all, is we, we've had a bit of sunshine um, and the flies have started buzzing around my head, coming in through that office door. Um, and they're just, it's just the noise they make. And the fact that they land, they, they're so ballsy, they land on your leg. Or land on your arm or something. Um, and they're so quick. They're so quick that you, you can't always get to them. But um, yeah, flies and the noise they make and their ballsiness. Rich, over to you. Well, my, as you know, I was in deepest, darkest Cornwall two weeks ago. And trying to park on Crantock Beach. And uh, nowadays, you can't just put money in machines nowadays. It's all apps and things like that. Try using an app when you've got no signal. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's pay four quid. If you're if you're a National Trust member, you could just scan your card. Or if you had pound coins, but I, no, I haven't had cash for a long time. Yeah. But I, had, I had a 10 pound note on me. And I thought, nowadays, even slot machines in arcades, you can whack a 10 pound note in it. So why not that machine got that facility? So I was literally spent 20 minutes just walking around this car park, just hoping to get enough signal, just use this app. So to me, if you're going to have a... A machine that needs a signal, have at least a Wi-Fi machine now or something. Obviously, yeah. in the city centre in Bristol, you, you, you're right, but this is deep, deep historic. This is Crantop Beach. Just yeah, I agree. And I, I, just to add to that, Rich, as well, I think now I've got about seven different apps on my phone. Um, you know, all these various ones, just park, park yeah. permit. Um, you know, there's pay by phone. There's pay by phone. That's the one. Pay by phone. There's hundreds of them, and you're right. You know, it's you, you, you're in, you're in a. Um, you know, a location, a remote location where often you haven't got a signal to do it. So, yeah, good shake. And Harry, over to you. Do you know what, chaps? I think that you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I'm thinking of something, but um, mine's probably, you know, <laughs> they say imitation is the best form of flattery, but I sent an idea to someone that I admired in the industry, and I know that parking is very important, <laughs> um, but I sent an email to someone that I really admired that I'd love to work with. I said, look, here's my idea. I'd love to work with you on it. And they replied to me. I thought, wow, they've replied. And they said, oh, great idea. Good luck with your venture. They did the idea themselves a couple of weeks later. Oh. You know what? It's a cold world, the music game, guys. So you know what? It, 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 it pays to um, not keep your ideas to yourself, but... <laughs> yeah, find out who you're sending them to yeah, first. Be careful. <laughs> Just paint it. That is... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that is painful. So, so basically, we're saying people who steal your good ideas. I think. Yeah, but you know what? We we, uh, we keep moving. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But so we are. We do vote. Um, we do vote. So you can can pick yourself. So um, I'm gonna pick Rich because uh, I I've always got those apps. Um, 
I, I'm actually a, a little bit too prepared when it comes well, to that. I, I have the app downloaded, I just couldn't fill it in. Yeah. Yeah, but you can get the app and sometimes you can't use it. But yeah, it's a great shout. I've 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 been cashless for about 10, 15 years in terms of you know carrying cash around. So um so yeah, I'll go I'll go for Rich. Rich. Well, I'm gonna go for your flies patch, because what annoys me with flies, there's a whole massive roll out there, isn't it? Why do, why, <laughs> why do they want to come in my front room and go up and down, <laughs> bang into the pack? And, and they they go around in the perfect square as well. well. It's up and down, bang into the patio door, bang into that window at that end. I even open the window and he still can't bother to get out. So I'm not sure what annoys me more, the noise or, you know, the fact that they're in my house. Yeah, I think it's just them go up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Harry, you're going to have to uh, cast the vote. Do, do you know what? It, I, I was going to vote for Rich until Rich said there's a whole world out there. And, and he oh. hit the nail on the head. Like if there was anywhere to be, I wouldn't be anywhere near my life. Like there'd be, there's plenty of places I'd love to see if I could fly anywhere. Yeah, and it exactly. would be Western Supermare with Harry. So yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Brilliant. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I've won this week's Room of Doom. Um, one, so one final thing, I've got a, uh, we've got a hang up now. Um, we do recommendations as well. I'm just going to throw a quick one out there on BBC iPlayer. I really enjoyed Time with Sean Bean and Stevie Graham. And also the pact, which is uh, you know a, a good story on BBC iPlayer. But Harry, thank you so much for joining us. Um, All the best, Harry. All the best, chaps. Thank you both. Really we'll, do appreciate we'll catch it. Catch up Great again soon. Yeah, we'll be catch up again soon and um, yeah, share a beer at Ashton Gate. But uh, playing us out on, from the previous podcast um, is Robbie Snowden with All Good Things. Take care, everyone. I say I love you, but you don't know that it's fake. I loved you once, but now my feelings changed. Don't know how to say this so your heart doesn't break But I know I need to tell you face to face I've been treating you all wrong And it's been going on for too long You know I love you, just not in love with you And I know that I made you blind Cause I don't know whether to listen to my heart or my mind Cause now I feel like I'm the bad guy Gone.
I'm sorry.